You are listening to Ego Dusty on Treks and Sci-Fi. Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and today will be podcast 326 for April the 10th, 2011. And of course, you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Thanks to Clara for that nice intro again. And uh, we're going to have a great show this week. Always have a great show, don't we? Uh, We're going to be looking at the Enterprise episode, Vanishing Point. Haven't done Enterprise in a while, and it's definitely time to do an Enterprise episode. Uh, And this one kind of focuses on Hoshi and uh, some weird things that she's having go on with her after a trip through the transporter, if that uh, rings any bells, if you've seen that episode. I think I'm going to just play the episode and comment along uh, today on that is the way I'm going to do it for this week. Also going to talk a little bit about uh, a couple of things recently, movies, TV shows that I've been doing and watching, and a couple of things in Trek news, and you know all that usual geeky goodness. So um, sit back and uh, sip some uh, green tea or whatever your beverage of choice is, and relax, and get ready for another uh, geeky installment of Treks in Sci-Fi. Oh, and I'm going to really try hard to slip in a collectible review by the end of the podcast so and talk about some things that are uh, showing up online to be purchased these days. Some pretty cool stuff. So anyway, here we go with the show. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. series. Shatner? I find the lack of lines disturbing. Heads will roll. All right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, little segment there. That is, uh, that was Rick Moyer doing his Vader slash Shatner slash Trek uh, uh, audio uh intro production uh, that was uh, for a contest uh, that I did a, a couple of weeks back uh, related to doing the intros for for Trek and he had a little fun with it mixed Star Wars with Star Trek and kind of like Reese's mis- mixes the chocolate with the peanut butter you know two great things you know, we've uh, I've mentioned it many times on the podcast but I enjoy you know both and you know but there are people out there that are only Star Wars fans no Star Trek and there are those that are just Star Trek fans but no Star Wars Although I, I, I sometimes think that there are, and it's kind of like uh, Apple computers and, and PCs, you know, the uh, or or Windows-based computers. I, sh- I should really say to make it more uh, accurate. But I've always sort of found that uh, it seems like there are more Trek fans that also enjoy Star Wars than there are Star Wars uh, fans that are into Trek as well. You know, it, there are exceptions, of course, and you know, I. Uh, not really exceptions, but there's a lot of people that like both. But 
seems like there's there's definitely more people that are that were into Trek and got to like Star Wars because of course Trek was around long before Star Wars was, and but but the you know the younger groups and stuff that just kind of grew up on Star Wars I think some of them got into Trek eventually and, and others didn't but anyway I, I'm digressing off into a weird tangent subject that I didn't have any plans to do or talk about and we've got a lot to cover as always on the podcast it's been a couple of weeks since i've done one last week you had that um time cop show with al or quad shot from the forums very good uh, a fun show a great movie van damme you know i just read something recently uh, online about van damme that he's trying to uh get back into things and, and, and kind of boost up his career a bit. I think there was there was even talk of another Time Cop movie floating around. I think Al even mentioned that. Uh, it's been rumored for a long time whether he'd be involved with it. Who knows? But, uh, you know, that's a great movie. One of his best, definitely, that he's done. And I, I really enjoyed Al's podcast. want to thank him again for doing that uh, last week on Treks in Sci-Fi. And uh, let's see. What else do we want to cover since it's been a couple of weeks, just chit-chat uh, like I do usually at the beginning of the show. Uh, my new job has been, has been going pretty well. It still seems to be very busy. Uh, the days go by fast. The weeks go by fast, which I guess in a way is good. Uh, I, I feel a little more comfortable there now and, and getting my, you know, kind of feet on the ground, uh, so to speak. So that that's working out, uh, you know, all right. Uh, still kind of miss the old job at times and, and, and the people there. That, that was a good good place to work and enjoyed it a lot and uh but it's it's nice to be back here in michigan i've been seeing some movies uh, a couple things i've seen in the last couple of weeks i went to see the uh, that movie the source code or just source code i guess there's no the in it although i think it should have it's it may have sounded better if it was called the source code i don't know but that's the jake gyllenhaal uh i think michelle monahan is the female lead basically about a guy a military guy who gets has the ability to sort of it's like quantum leapish he he has put his his consciousness his brain his not his brain really but his mind or his whatever you want to call it he is put into the body of a guy on a train that's going to explode he only has like eight minutes this is all in the preview so i'm not giving away anything and he's got eight minutes to figure out what's going on who's the bomber and and how to how to you know well if I could say too much more about that, it'd probably be giving away a few things. I thought it was a really good movie, very well done. If you like, if you like the show Quantum Leap, if you like time travel type tales and this kind of thing uh, in sci-fi in this in this uh, area of science fiction, I think you should go check it out. It's 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 a cool movie at the theater to see right now. It moves along very quickly, and he he gets jumps back and forth uh, several times to, to accomplish what he's trying to do. So it's a very well, uh, very well done, and I enjoyed it uh, greatly. Uh, what else uh, that I've seen lately? I've been watching, you know, some things on TV. Oh, I not a sci-fi thing, but I went to see uh, Three Stooges sort of festival yesterday at a theater, an older theater, in uh, sort of towards Detroit here with my friend Mark and his fiance, and uh, had a great time. They showed six Three Stooges shorts. Uh, I guess they're about 20 minutes each, and uh, it's in an old theater in, in an area in Michigan called Redford. And the cool thing, the really cool thing beyond even seeing the Stooges, which I love, is that in July, this coming July, they're going to show their Star Trek II Wrath of Khan on the big screen there, which is going to be great. It's been uh, a long, long time since I've seen that movie in a movie theater, so it's going to be a lot of fun to do that again. Uh, they've, uh, they've they show some classic movies down there. They're going to have 
the Christopher Reeve movie with Jane Seymour, Somewhere in Time, which is a big favorite of Lynn and, and myself. I think we're going to try to go see that. It, it, it's a very cool theater. I love the fact that there are older theaters around the country still that are doing this kind of thing. I, I wish there were more of them. And, you know, these these classic movies, I mean, it's, you know, everyone kind of gets, I think, a little bit in a way lazy. You know, you just pop a DVD in or stream things off Netflix and watch it in the convenience of your house. But there's still something to me kind of fun and magical a little bit about going into a theater with a bunch of people uh, to see a movie uh, and and that experience is, is different than being at home. I mean, I, I watch plenty of things on, on home or at home on my big screen TV here and movies and television, but it's still a lot of fun to me to go out to see stuff and uh, enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to just take a very short break here, I think. I will come back with a couple of Trek stories, and then we're going to get into the Enterprise episode, Vanishing Point. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And this is Amy Moyer, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyer's home, and then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast, and we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like Star Trek kind And of. heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> hate is a strong word. Oh, well, you got to understand, when you're recording... Give and, in to your hate, Amy. Yeah, when you're recording and you go over and over those loud, obnoxious riffs, you know, I mm-hmm. do not like the loud guitar. You're talking about the parody songs that I do right here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Some of them I like. Give in to your hate. You've done some big band songs and some soft songs that I've liked. Yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, I just don't really like the heavy metal. Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. Yes. So you can tune in. and. But I do like some sci-fi. Amy, I'm your husband. I like Star Trek, and I like like Babylon Five. And Make it so. Some different. Sci-fi. We're going too long now. Let's. We're too long. Go okay. away. Thank you, Rico, for all that you do. We love Treks and Sci-Fi, and hopefully, people come over and take a listen to our podcast. Take him with you. It is your destiny. Do or don't do. Don't try. <laughs> don't try to quote Yoda when you can. <laughs> I can't. Mm, quote him. You cannot. I can't talk like Grover very well. Grover? It's Yoda. (laughs) Okay, there's uh, a few uh, Trek stories to report on, a few things that have been popping up in the news over the last week or two. It's um, lots of uh, things, you know, happening always. Uh, One one thing that I wanted to report is the, uh, the, uh, the awesome service Netflix starting this summer in about July is going to start streaming uh, all Star Trek TV shows. You know, all the series, the original series, uh, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, all of them are going to be uh, available for streaming via Netflix, which is is just a cool thing. Uh, I, of course, have the DVDs and that and some Blu-rays for the original series. But to, to just be able to, you know, you know you're watching uh, on your whatever interface you use to watch Netflix, some people have things... You know, game systems that allow them to stream Netflix to their TVs or, or certain Blu-ray players and DVD players, I think, too. Uh, there's uh, the Roku box, of course. You can always watch things uh, usually on your computers, too, via Netflix. Anyway, however you do it, iPads, all kinds of things. 
you'll be able to just sort of go, hey, I feel like watching this episode of uh, Deep Space Nine tonight or Voyager or Enterprise or the original series or TNG's finale, whatever you want to, you know, you just go click, click, click and bang, you're, you're watching it. And it's, uh, it's great. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that watch a lot of TV shows, series uh, via Netflix. They've kind of started to get away from watching regular nightly television and and they'll pull up an old tv series or you know sometimes in in some cases not even a very older one you know maybe something like the x-files maybe they never watched it when it was airing and now through netflix they're they're pretty easy convenient and cheap i mean it's unbelievable for like eight whatever it is eight or ten dollars you can watch as much streaming content as long as you don't have any kind of you know, maybe cap on your your data to wherever you're at your house or whatever, and you're, you know, you're not overloading Comcast or whoever you use. Uh, as long as there's no restrictions there, Netflix doesn't care. They that you could you could be streaming 24/7 uh, for as far as they care, as as far as I know. So it's great. It's another way for people to watch this stuff that may have never have you know given it a shot. And uh, I, I'm I'm all for it. I think that's fantastic. You know, Netflix has just been a great service. I've used them for just forever, way before probably most people were using them. Uh, I had a DVD player pretty early on and all that. So it's uh, I've loved it, and it continues to just get better and better all the time. So if you're not using Netflix, I guess Netflix does not sponsor this show, does not sponsor Treks and Sci-Fi in any way. But if you're not using them, you, you definitely should give it a shot because it's a great way to watch all kinds of movies, TV shows, and everything. Uh also, I wanted to pass on uh, a couple of other things. Uh, William Shatner, I guess, is doing a little bit of a tour uh, talk show type circuit thing over in Australia and I think New Zealand a little bit. There's a very short clip here. You know, for for the last few years, uh, William Shatner has, has sort of been out beating the drum for getting Kirk somehow uh, or hi- him playing an older Kirk or however it would work out in J.J. Uh, Abrams' Trek, and he's mentioned it many times uh, on his own uh, website, on his on his TV, various TV things, and here's an interview uh, where someone, they were sending in questions via Twitter to, to Shatner and this host here in Sydney, and listen to uh, this, it's, it's only like 20 seconds or so long, but listen to this little bit here. Is there anyone in Hollywood, for those who can't read, that you would love to work with but haven't had the chance to yet? Oh, J.J. Abrams in the next Star Trek movie. <laughs> yeah, so as you can see, that, that was a pretty short, uh, pretty short little segment. There may be more of that available somewhere. I, I found that via trekmovie.com. There's also another uh, new uh, Star Trek website for stories and information that you might want to check out. It is over at treknews.net, treknews.net. Looks like a great site. Uh, A guy named Brian, I think, uh, was working on that place. He sent me an email and thought I could mention it on the show. So, you know, besides trekmovie.com is is a great source for stories about related to Trek and keep up to date on the next uh, Trek movie. But uh, check out uh, treknews.net as well. Another uh, Trek-related uh, thing I wanted to pass on is uh, they're still working on the script. It, it's getting closer, I guess, and, and uh, 
They still haven't decided completely about who is going to direct. Uh, it's still, I still think it's going to be J.J. Abrams, but we'll keep everyone posted on that. It, it, we should start getting quite a bit more information and news over the next uh, coming weeks, I think, on the on the whole project. And it's still targeting the end of June, uh, next summer, June of 2012, for the movie to come out. So we'll see. Hopefully they will still be able to hold to that date. Also, there's uh, the Motor City Comic Con, which I usually go to, uh, is coming this May, about mid-May. I think the, let me pull up the uh, dates here. Uh, it's the May 13th, 14th, and 15th. I typically go on Saturday uh, to those. It works out pretty well. So I will be that at that. In, uh, it's in Novi, Michigan. If anyone happens to be in the area, uh, you know, shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com. Maybe we can connect up. Uh, they're going to have some Trek celebrities, uh, a couple from Star Wars, uh, from some older shows, too. They've got, I'm looking at the list right here of people that are going to be there. Brent Spiner is going to be there. George Takei. Uh, let's see. Kate Mulgrew. Uh, who else here? I'm looking down the list. And then non-Trek people, people like Richard Hatch, uh, Julian Glover, uh, John Wesley Shipp, who played The Flash on TV, Herb Jefferson Jr., who was on the original Galactica, uh, a lot, uh, pretty diverse Dean Stockwell, who was on Quantum Leap. That'll be pretty cool. Dirk Benedict, uh, just a whole a bunch of people here, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, did I mention Peter Mayhew yet? He's going to Chewbacca. Ah, I can't do Chewbacca. It's too early on a Sunday. <laughs> But anyway, uh, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't go to it last year because I was in the you know Rockford area. I did get to that convention in the Chicago area in August, which I may try to go to. Uh, they have a comic con there as well, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, it's it's going to be a little tricky. I've got limited time off this year with a new job. It seems like every year lately <laughs> it's been like that. But uh, weekends are, are pretty available and pretty free most of the time, so that, that should work out uh, Seems like there were some other things I wanted to tell everyone about, but I'm trying. I'm oh, one thing. If you've not seen this yet, this is a not a not a Trek related story, but Star Wars. Uh, check out Star Wars Uncut. I think if you just go to StarWarsUncut.com is how you get there. Just do a search on Google uh, for Star Wars Uncut. Basically, this is the fan film. It's been around for a little while now, but they just recently kind of got it uh, back in the news. There was a story in Entertainment Weekly about it. Uh, basically what happened is a, is a young uh, guy named, who was, in, I guess, in college or just after college uh, in his 20s. Uh, he decided uh, some time ago to break Star Wars, the original movie, A New Hope, down into 15-minute segments. And what he did was he allowed the general public, he, he basically had people grab and say, hey, I'll do that 15 seconds, I'll do that 15 seconds, and then he edited it all together. So you have all these different takes on different scenes from Star Wars all sort of spliced together into the full movie. And it's really fun. You know, everyone did a great job, was very creative with their different little segments. And, you know, some people did some computer animation. Some people just kind of put little faces on their, their bodies, you know, put little masks on and pretended they were, you know, the robots or Han or, or Luke or whoever. And it, it's very cool to see all the creativity that went into this. So I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun to watch. Just, uh, like I said, look for Star Wars Uncut on the Internet. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, new civilizations, 
to boldly go where no one has gone before. Okay, it's time to get into the main topic for this week's uh, podcast and Treks and Sci-Fi edition, and we're going to look at the Enterprise episode Vanishing Point, and I'm going to play that and comment as the episode goes on, so uh, hopefully you'll enjoy listening to the episode, and they'll try to adjust the audio so you can hear what I have to say as long as, or as well as the episode itself, so here we go. This is a uh, Season 2, I think it is. I'll have to double-check on that. Season 2 episode of Enterprise. These are at least 300 years older than the ones in the last chamber. You sure you can't read any of this? Nope. How about you? Well, I think this says tall guys are popular. Hmm, you're a budding linguist. (laughs) Let's get a shot of that one. Basically, it's Trip, uh, Commander Tucker, and Hoshi in this cave with some I wonder what happened to carvings and things on the uh, walls. Not a single bio sign on the entire planet. Yes, this is this is a definitely a season two uh, Tucker episode. You about finished down there, Trip? You can't believe these ruins, sir. We've been through two dozen chambers. No telling how many more there are. I'm afraid you're not going to find out today. That storm we told you about hasn't changed course. You and Hoshi are going to need to get back to Enterprise. Uh, we'll just finish up with Mr. Tall and Popular. We should be back to the shuttle pod in five, six minutes. Don't take any longer than that. Archer out. Captain, we have another storm. Another one? The discharges are more intense. It's a good deal bigger. And stronger. It's pushing the first storm through these mountains at twice the speed it was moving a few minutes ago. Uh oh, that's not good. Storms, Captain. Saturated with polaric energy. This is the shuttle? Less than 10 kilometers from the first storm. You may not be able to see it yet. But it'll be coming through the mountain pass. Now they basically are coming out of huge. You know, wind, tornadoes. Into the atmosphere. The shuttle's out of the question. Captain, these ruins have very thick walls. I'm sure we'll be safe inside. I'm afraid we're not talking about thunderclouds, Hoshi. A polaric burst that could short-circuit a shuttle pod could do a lot worse to your nervous system. But, sir, these buildings are over 4,000 years old. I'm sure they've survived hundreds of these storms. I've sent Malcolm down to the transporter. We're going to need to bring you up one at a time. Couldn't we wait it out inside the shuttle? Polarize the home plating. That would most likely attract a polaric discharge. You have to do this, Hoshi. There's no choice. I'll need you clear of the structure. One at a time. Understood, Captain. Yeah, remember this time at this point in this series, they weren't really using the transporter regularly. They were using shuttle pods. No, but the captain has, and Malcolm did it twice. They said there's nothing to it. Your molecules get pulled apart. Then they get put back together again. Do you know how many molecules you're made up of? Lots. All right, how many? Uh, a few trillion. That's a pretty big jigsaw puzzle. What if some of the pieces get put in the wrong place? You know, I bet a lot of them look real similar. Starfleet said it's safe. That's good enough for me. Okay, okay, but... You go first, and if you get to Enterprise in one piece, I'll be right behind you. Fair enough. 
So Trip's going out uh, outside the cave there with this big storm. Feel all in the right place. I'll let you know. I always thought that you know Malcolm going down there and operating the transporter seemed a little odd to me. You know, don't they have transporter chiefs, experts? You know, I know they want to use the main cast. It's one of those situations again. But we'll dial down the uh, opening theme here. All right, this episode again is in about the middle, early part of, uh, early to middle part of season two of Enterprise. It is an episode written by Rick Berman and Brown and Braga, who wrote quite a few. David Stratham, their Straten is the director. And basically, the thing I, I, I like about this episode, and one of the reasons that I chose it, dialing down this uh, theme again a bit more is I've always been kind of fascinated by the transporter on on Star Trek in general I, I always you know the original idea Gene Roddenberry came up with the transporter was to make it so that his stories weren't involving and taking a lot of time with shuttle pods and things like that going up and down from planets he wanted to be able to get right to the action make it simpler easier but uh, the idea that you know this can disassemble your your whole being and and put you back together again instantaneously someplace you know far away is when you think about it do you die during that time i mean are you know what what happens are you just sort of in a limbo state or you know it's 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 really interesting to me and they never really dealt with it much on the other treks but of course in enterprise the enterprise or the series takes place when the transporter is just being first used so they get to talk about this and deal with it and this is probably one of the biggest episodes that they handle it and we're back in the show now and hoshi's no in her quarters i guess you could say that sir i'll be at my post in a few minutes i just want to clean up and change i think you've had enough excitement for one afternoon the morning will be fine thank you well, i assume you and trip will want to finish your survey tomorrow weather permitting sir you left a shuttle pod down there remember Somebody's got to go back and get it. I'm sure Commander Tucker can find someone else to hold the second flash unit. You wouldn't be using the transporter, Hoshi. You'd be taking the other pod. I don't want to get lost. Lost? Uh, too much excitement for one day. I could really use some rest, sir. See you in the morning. So Hoshi's kind of looking at herself in the mirror and, and you know, like, you know, are freckles or things out of place or whatever. And, uh, you know, 
I'd be more worried about not so much my body, but my but my mind, just because your mind seems like the most complicated area. Is anyone sitting here? No, please. So what was it like? Travis. Very supper. It was very unsettling. Didn't you find it unsettling? Well, for a minute or two, but once I counted my fingers and toes. I don't know. I just don't feel right. Well, it's probably that storm. You don't forget things like that too quickly. It's not the storms. It's the transporter. I don't feel like myself since I went through it. Now, I need to check the medical database and find out what happened to the people they used when they were testing that thing. You mean other than Cyrus Ramsey? <laughs> Cyrus Ramsey? Oh, don't tell me you don't know about poor Cyrus. Am I supposed to? You can't go on a survival overnight without hearing a story about someone seeing Ramsey's molecules rematerializing on a foggy night. What happened to him? Next thing he'll tell us you never heard of the Easter Bunny. What happened to him? Madison, Wisconsin. May, I think. 2146. He was a test subject for the first long-range transport. Just 100 meters. Something went wrong with the pattern buffer. It never rematerialized. Come on, Oshie. Everybody's heard of Cyrus Ramsey. I must have fallen asleep before the ghost stories. Where'd you do your survival training? Death Valley, California. <laughs> Middle of July, naturally. <laughs> you? Captain and I were in the same group. Alice Springs, Australia. Never saw so many flies in my life. <laughs> Biting kind. Tucker. The storms are breaking up. I don't think we'll have any trouble getting you back down in the morning. Travis was just telling me he'd like to see the ruins. Well, I don't think Hoshi will be joining you. I'll need a pilot to bring the other pod back. Travis, it is. I'll see you both in the morning. Archer out. Never say I don't take you anywhere. You don't take me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So now all the three guys leave the Hoshi in the, in the mess there to eat by herself. So that's interesting. You know, you get a little history there on the transporter. The first or one of the early that's test lost. subjects is, uh, you know, somebody that went through the transporter, got dematerialized, but never rematerialized. And it's, uh, you well, know, interesting uh, to think about that. And, Something uh, I can do for you? Remember the whole the Relics episode where Scotty loads himself in? into the my leeches. into the transporter right? buffer and uh, just doesn't let it reintegrate. I'm right here, Ensign. Are you not feeling well? No, I'm not feeling well. I dematerialized and then I rematerialized and... No, I'm not feeling well. I heard about your ordeal on the surface. Those storms sounded terrifying. Doctor, I'm not talking about the storms. I'm talking about my molecules. Comes it down. Let's uh, take a look. <clears throat> it would take me a while to account for uh, every molecule, but you appear to be in one piece. I don't think you're in danger of becoming the next Cyrus Ramsey. Don't tell me they talk about him on Denobula. Oh, I spent nearly nine months on Earth, remember? I just don't feel right. Ever since the transport, I've been shaky, not myself. 
Not a single biomolecular anomaly. No? How about this? Subcutaneous pigmentation. It's not where it used to be. It was a good centimeter lower. Well, it looks lovely where it is now. <laughs> it's not a joke, doctor. That machine could move a birthmark. Who knows what else it could do? I'm telling you, I don't feel right. I have a lot of animals to feed before bedtime. If I were you, I'd get a good night's sleep. Hmm? Yeah, I remember another thing too. Hoshi was always one of the like kind of more, you know, not all that excited about going Hello? into deep space. You're needed on the bridge, Ensign. What time is it? 1100 hours. There's been an emergency. 1100 hours, that's impossible. My shift starts at 0800. Now, Ensign. So Hoshi's being woken up. She must have overslept or something. I'm sorry, Captain. I don't know what happened. Tucker and Mayweather have been taken hostage. Trip got off a short message, but we haven't heard anything in the last hour. Taken hostage by who? The people down there didn't like you disturbing their ruins. People, there wasn't a bio sign on the planet. The chambers you and Mr. Tucker photographed contained sacred relics. How could you possibly know that? Have you found their bio signs? They're still in the complex. I'm trying to isolate the specific chamber. It's Mayweather's communicator. Go ahead, Travis. Ensign? I need more. This is Captain Archer of the Starship Enterprise. We apologize if we've trespassed. My crewman didn't mean any harm. I'm sorry, sir. It's not working. I'm going to need more. Can I speak to one of my officers? It's not going to get much better than that. What's the problem? Maybe you should forget about the UT. Just try and talk to them. Ajas, Sukas. Tanzra, Uras, Turana. If I went back to the Universal Translator, maybe I could. You already tried that. Talk to them. I can't. Lives are at stake, Edson. I know. I don't understand what he's saying. I'm. Everyone's acting just a little sorry, bit I'm... off here, if you've sorry. noticed. No need to apologize. Why don't you go back to your quarters and get some rest? Captain, I realize I overslept. I don't know how it happened. But please, I don't want to go back to my quarters. Take your calm, my captain. Malcolm. So Hoshi's been sort of relieved here, and she, you know, walks off the bridge now. Now she's back in her quarters, getting into the shower. Looking again in the mirror. And 
for a moment it looks like her reflection sort of fades to a degree, even though there's steam on the mirror now. It's like the showers on Enterprise. They had jets, like, not just from above, but on the sides and stuff. Pretty cool little... <laughs> I want to shower like these things. And now Hoshi's looking down at her hands, and her hands sort of start to fade. Almost look like they're sort of becoming ghost-like. And now she's back into the the mess hall. Anyone sitting here? Subcommander. Ensign, <clears throat> would you like to join me? Thank you. I would have thought you'd be on the bridge. Why is that? Commander Tucker, Travis. The hostage situation was resolved. They're back on board. It's only been an hour since I left the bridge. What happened? Crewman Baird deciphered their language, a simple bimodal syntax. I don't understand how. With the universal translator. It's impossible. I ran every linguistic algorithm. When the captain agreed to return the soil and rock samples and destroy the photographs that were taken, the hostages were released. If we've decrypted the language, I should get back to the bridge. Sounds like the captain might want to speak with them again. Captain Archer has asked that you remain off-duty for the time being. Crewman Barrett has been placed in charge of communications. Oh, snap. Now, did I just say that? <laughs> After lunch, you should take a look at the second Oh, she, you are relieved. Allison, start on sea deck, then work your way down. So Hoshi's, you know, passes somebody in the hall, mentions her name, and she kind of ignores her. She first uh, got ignored by T'Pol, too, in the mess hall. It's like she's becoming kind of invisible in uh, both, you know, with the way people are dealing with her and, and maybe literally in when she looks at uh, herself in the mirror and in the shower. What? And now she's sort of hearing things, hearing things that, uh, you know, or maybe something is different or wrong, and she's hearing things from the past, perhaps. Now she's gone back down to see Dr. Flox again. Can you see me? Denton. Can you see me? Is there something in particular you'd like me to look at? Something's wrong, Doctor. Something's very wrong. Ever since I used that transporter, nothing has been the way that it's supposed to be. I couldn't translate a simple bimodal syntax, but Crewman Baird could. Crewman Baird doesn't know the first thing about our linguistic database. And Captain Archer told me to stay in my quarters, but my mirror doesn't want to give me a solid reflection, and my shower can't decide whether to bounce off me or go through me. Nobody wants to talk to me. Sometimes I think they don't even see that I'm there. Turbo lift control won't even respond to me. Well, I see you, Ensign. 
And the sickbay doors responded when you came in. Transporter technology is uh, very new. I'm sure humans were equally frightened when the automobile was introduced, or the uh, airplane. <laughs> new forms of transport take a while to get used to. I'm not at all surprised at your reaction. You wouldn't catch me using that apparatus. <laughs> I'd use that apparatus every but, day. Uh, <laughs> I can promise you one thing. I'd love to have a transporter. For in perfect health, or neither transparent nor porous. You won't put this on my medical record, will you? As far as I'm concerned, I didn't even see you come in here. Not funny, doctor. I would like to give you a mild sedative. Hmm? It'll uh, help you get a good night's sleep. If it's all the same to you, the last thing I need right now is to be medicated. As you wish. But uh, stop by in the morning, all right? First thing. Thank you, doctor. Remember over the uh, seasons of Enterprise 2, Hoshi and, and Dr. Flock sort of bonded to a degree. She used to, uh, would help him out with his animals in sickbay and do different things. And so they, they've become You're pretty good friends now, over the years. I was taught never to contradict a superior officer. The captain told me what happened. Did they treat you all right? Didn't even tie us up. As soon as the captain promised to give them their stuff back, they walked us to the shuttle pods and away we went. So now Trip and Hoshi are sort of in this exercise time. area. Trip's in this I don't know what happened. weird well, little thing that allows him to twirl around 360 degrees. I'm not sure if there's Have a name, but it's pretty cool. I get motion sickness, remember? <laughs> Have you felt okay since we were transported yesterday? Considering that I've been back down to the surface, kidnapped and released, I've probably had better days. Why, are you not feeling well? I didn't think I was. But the doctor seems to feel my symptoms are psychological. What kind of symptoms? Just haven't been myself. Everything's a little off. Even the laws of physics. Well, in that case, you're right. You shouldn't get on this thing. The laws of physics don't apply in here either. Sorry. Just trying to cheer you up. It's okay. Locks promises me I'll be fine. It's gonna be a while before any of us gets used to being taken apart and put back together again. Seems perfectly natural to be anxious about it. I hope it's just a question of being anxious. Dr. McCoy never got well, used to it. Be? You know. I saw my reflection become transparent. I saw water pass right through my hand. I'm not convinced that the transporter put me back the way it's supposed to. All the king's horses and all the king's men. I can see why you might imagine the universe unraveling. If you're afraid you haven't been put back together, right? Why assume anything else makes sense? If I were you, I'd ask the doc for a sedative. Nothing like crawling into bed. You men are all alike. Oh, wait and see. A night's sleep will do you a world of good. she's trying these exercise machines out trying to engage the controls to adjust them and they're not responding 
she sort of passes through one of the weight sets that's there. And she sees herself in a mirror and again looks like a ghost. Kind of like Kitty Pride on the X-Men. She fades in the mirror to basically nothing. Her reflection just fades completely away. Thank God you're here. I've been stuck in here for hours. The door control is. She was here last night. Right over there. And now, Commander. uh. She was stuck inside the exercise area. It's a ball to Captain Archer. Go ahead. Have the security details reported back? Trip into Paul Command, but they don't seem to notice her at all. She's like invisible to them. We've covered the forward section of C deck. She's not here. Yes, she is. Have you tried the bio sensors again, Captain? Still nothing. Well, I'll go take a look at them. I'm going to maintain our present orbit until Hoshi turns up. To Paul, meet me in sick bay right away. Yes, sir. So Hoshi follows them out, but uh, they still don't seem to recognize or find her or see her. She wasn't feeling well? She said she felt uh, shaky. You're aware that was the first time she'd ever transported. Quite aware. I believed that was the source of her anxiety. She was convinced her molecules hadn't been uh, reassembled properly. I should have taken her more seriously. These are the biomolecular scans I took during each of her two visits. They seemed perfectly normal at the time. When I heard she was missing, something made me take a closer look. You see uh, these protein filaments? Now, look at this. I'm gonna need some help here, Flux. Look how much her subcellular membranes have degraded. These scans were taken less than 24 hours apart. It's virtually impossible. What's impossible? And since Otto wasn't imagining it, her molecules are coming apart. Uh-oh. It's the secondary phase coils. What about them? They're not aligning. They're not perfectly synchronized. Trip is studying the transporter this now. It happened right after it came up from the surface. If they're not perfectly synchronized. The resequencing would start to dissipate. Within hours, she'll lose molecular cohesion. She didn't want to go first. I told her I wouldn't leave her alone with that storm coming, but she insisted on going second. She wanted to be sure it was working, that it was safe. And Hoshi's still in the area listening to all this. I told her to go first. She should have listened to me. Wasn't your fault. Take the transporter offline. Figure out what went wrong. Starfleet promised me this sort of thing wouldn't happen. Aye, sir. Captain. If there was a loss of molecular cohesion, I'm afraid we shouldn't be looking for Hoshi, per se. What should we be looking for? Subcellular residue. There wouldn't be anything left by now except for some cellular residue. You're wrong, Doctor. I'm still in one piece. 
just can't see me. Have the doctor help you recalibrate the sensors. Then start scanning for this. Message. Archer to Mayweather. Go ahead, sir. Prepare to break orbit and resume previous course. Aye, Captain. I'll be in my ready room. And Archer just sort of basically walks through Hoshi in There's this There's no scene way to be certain this term. Is it Hoshi's DNA or is it? It's difficult to tell. The amino acids have broken down. Don't waste your time, it's not me. The internal scan said access shaft B7. She's gotta be here somewhere. If you spend a little more time trying to figure out what happened to her. Now Hoshi's hearing this alien voice again. Lieutenant? Here, Doc. Over here. What do you think? Try isolating the dipeptides. Now run a comparison with her genetic profile. She have come down here. I doubt we'll ever know, Commander. Well, Captain Archer will want Hoshi's parents to have this. They're both alive, aren't they? Yeah. There's some little like spot of green goo on the uh, on this access shaft that they're in. You go ahead, Doc. And they. No. Just flocks, just sort of scrapes it up and uh, puts it in a little envelope. I understand. Trip is obviously, you know, pretty upset, taking this pretty bad since he feels like if he had oh, made she go, made her go first, she would be okay. I should have made you go first. What could I have been thinking, leaving you down there? I was the ranking officer. I had no business leaving a subordinate in the path of those storms. Why didn't you listen to me? I told you we'd be safe. Now look what you've done. Setting up some equipment, doing something to the ship.
They almost look a little like Jem'Hadar from uh, Deep Space Nine. But they're putting some kind of, looks like almost explosives or something aboard Enterprise. Captain, I need you to listen to me. There are aliens on board from the surface. They're planting bombs on D-Deck. You've got to hear me. The ship is in danger. Go ahead. We've located her father, sir. The mother isn't home. What time is it there? Oh, 0900. Put him through. Yeah, so they've got uh, Hoshi's father uh, on a long range or subspace. Good morning, sir. Captain Archer, is everything all right? No, sir. Everything is not all right. We've had an accident with our transporting device. Transporting device? What is that? You don't have time for A matter stream converter. It was approved for transporting biomatter before we left Gotta Earth. find something that'll get your attention. We've used it a number of times. Biomatter? What are you referring to? Produce or people? I'm just trying to explain to you that Starfleet told us it was safe. So, Hoshi is safe? No, sir. There was an accident. She began to... Her molecules began to destabilize. Her molecules? What are you talking about, Captain? This isn't easy, sir. I fought to get Hoshi to come on this mission. I'm responsible for her being out here. Hoshi's trying to She's get Archer's attention. She keeps putting her hands in different, family. like, electronics family? around the, uh, We're her family, his cabin. You. Why are you calling me? To say that she has become a member of your family? I'm sorry, Captain. You are not making any sense. We lost Hoshi today, Mr. Sato. I wish I didn't have to tell you that. You are saying Hoshi is dead. We're all going to be dead if I can't Sorry, get him sir. to notice this. Maybe you could call us back later this afternoon. Not Morse code. You know Morse code, don't you? I must have time to speak with Hoshi's mother. Yes. This afternoon. I can hear it. I'm so sorry. So am I. Come on. Oh, she's flashing this small uh, light in his uh, cabin here. It's not supposed to be making that noise, is it? Listen, you can hear it. SOS, SOS, it's a call for help. I need you to hear it. Archer to T'Pol. Yes, Captain. Did you come in here for a minute? Right away. That's right. Show it to her. One of you will figure it out. Look at this. I've never heard it make that noise before. Plasma circuit's being interrupted. I'll ask Commander Tucker to take a look at it. Listen to the pattern. Three dots, three dashes, Three dots. SOS. Dots. 
dots and dashes in Morse code. It's been used on Earth for centuries. It's a distress call. Let's see how good your memory is. Sounds like Morse code. I... Come on. This plasma circuit is self-contained. No one outside of this room could be using it to send a message. Not outside this room, I'm right here. It's been a very difficult day. Perhaps you should try to get some rest. Gotta teach these Starfleet guys right. better Morse code here. Oh, she knows it, but not Archer. Or oh, Depaul. Look at it tomorrow. Tomorrow's too late. They're going to blow up the ship. Captain! All these circuits these guys are planting seem to get beginning harm. They're all uh, turning red. She's still sort of following them around through all the uh, duct work and things on Enterprise. Now they're uh, they're in the uh, engine room over the warp uh, drive. Stop them. Who? You heard me? You, you can hear me. Do you see me? 
Everything's fine, Hershey. It's not fine. They put a bomb on the warp reactor. Who? The aliens from the surface. There's no one on the surface. It's uninhabited. What are you talking about? They kidnapped you and Travis. We've got to stop them. Hershey, the transporter was affected by the storms. I had some trouble reintegrating your matter stream. Trouble? You were sort of trapped in the pattern buffer, but only for a few seconds. 8.3 seconds, to be precise. Are you saying that I was just on the surface? You insisted on going second? Do you have a mirror? What? Forget it. I'm always sure I was going to be the next Cyrus Ramsey. Cyrus who? So it all just took place in her time that Seems eight seconds. Then all of that happened in eight seconds. Actually, it probably happened in the last uh, one or two seconds. As your matter stream was coalescing, she seems fine. Yep, just sort of a dream Malcolm's in a way. Malcolm's recommending some new dream. transport protocols to Starfleet. He's suggesting we start compressing the transport beam. Well, I hope you don't plan on beaming me anywhere for a long time. But you said you stepped onto the alien's transporter by choice. I was trying to save Enterprise. Sounds like you overcame your fear. It's all in my head, remember? Does it matter? You were afraid of getting lost, afraid of disappearing. But you still climbed onto that platform, real or not. If it's all the same to you, sir, I'd like to stick to shuttle pods for the time being. Come on. Let's go to the bridge. Captain, <clears throat> if you don't mind. Koshi wanted to uh, tap the door control to open the door to uh, leave sick bay. Interesting little comment there about Hoshi, Hoshi saying... <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that's the end of the episode, but uh, Hoshi using the word beaming uh, is the first time actually technically in the, in the, in the time, you know, of Enterprise and, and, you know, takes place before the original series of Trek that the, anyone uses the word beaming uh, with the transporter. So she gets to sort of coin that phrase. But anyway, there you have Vanishing Point, uh, a pretty cool, I think, second season episode of Enterprise for a number of reasons. One, it just shows how you know the transporter is just being first used, Hoshi's trepidation of using it, and how they deal with uh, you know that, and you know slowly work their way towards using the transporter pretty regularly. By uh, even by the end of Enterprise, a little bit they're they're using it pretty regularly. Um, but that's uh, I think pretty neat, and I, I like the idea of I've always wondered about you know the transporter. The fact that people, when they go through it, do they have any thoughts, you know, or is there anything going on? You'll notice sometimes in in some of the Star Trek movies and in other instances, it actually seems like when they're going through the transporter, uh, I can remember this, I think, especially in uh, Wrath of Khan, they're actually speaking uh, as they transport. In other words, it's almost like it's instantaneous, that that there's no time delay but in this case with Hoshi being trapped in the pattern buffer for a few seconds 
and then having some trouble reintegrating her. She has this whole dreams up this whole version of uh, her disappearing and these aliens coming aboard the Enterprise and all of that in just a span of maybe a couple of seconds, like Flock says, as she's reintegrating. So a cool episode, and uh, I think a pretty neat to, pretty neat little story and just a nice little standalone tale from Enterprise, which is uh, a great series, and hopefully many more people will be getting a chance to watch it via Netflix soon if you've not caught all of this series, which I know a lot of people were maybe missed some of the seasons of this show. I'm going to take a very short break and we'll come back uh, with, uh, hey, a collectible review. How long has it been before I've, or since I've done one of those? I'll be right back. Eleven teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win $1 million on the amazing race. I'm Joyce. And I'm Al. On our new show, the Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race, give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week, and ultimately win the $1 million prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. So after you've gotten your geeky goodness fix from Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi, check out the Fast Forward Podcast in iTunes. And we'll see you at the Fast Forward. Live long and prosper. Okay, I'm back. And uh, for the first time in a long time, and since I'm uh, mostly because I'm back home now, I uh, have a little uh, quick, brief uh, collectible review for you. First thing, though, before we get to that, I wanted to mention that the the prop replica and and other collectibles uh, place called QMX just put up for pre-order this past week a uh, replica of the phaser used in the 2009 J.J. Abrams movie. They have it's a it's a stunt uh, replica, so it's just a simple resin or or you could call it plastic piece that's plated in metal uh, with a nice stand. But it's a, it, it's very nice looking. The pictures are on their website. I think it's called. I think if you go to QMX uh, online, I think that's their website, or you could just search QMX in Google. I'll try to put links in the podcast notes. But I, uh, it looks very nice. It's only the, the cool thing about this item is it's only forty nine ninety five. You can pre order it now. They should be shipping in May. So check that out if you're a fan of that uh, replica from the uh, two thousand and nine movie. I think it's a great item and a great price for that. And keep in mind, this is just a static piece. It's not even doesn't have electronics, even like the toy one that they put out. So, but it looks pretty slick and it comes on a nice display stand. And I, I think for for us uh, collectible uh, fans, it's 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 a pretty cool item. And uh, I definitely have my order placed already. Okay, the collectible that they want to talk about is not really Trek or, or Star Wars or anything like that. It's a little, it's a statue, basically. Well, not even basically. It is a statue. <laughs> uh, DC Direct has been doing a line of um, uh, statues now. Uh, they call it the Cover Girls of the DC Universe. And basically what they've done, what they've done is take some of the... Uh, fairly well-known and famous women from the DC universe of comics and put them into small statue form. Not super small. These are about 9 to 10 inches in height. Uh, The one I'm reviewing and talking about now, and I'll put some pictures up of it, 
is uh, a statue of Harley Quinn, of course, from the Batman comic books. She is sort of a lot of times be, you know, she's associated with the Joker kind of being the Joker's uh, girlfriend in a way. Her history is she used to be a psychologist and then sort of flipped out, basically, and uh, took up with the Joker. She wears this sort of jester outfit of red and black and uh, a funny hat and usually has a mallet of some kind sometimes has some laughing hyenas to help her out but the statue uh, that i've gotten here uh, is uh, very nicely done it's well painted uh harley is done at about it's about a nine and a half or so inches in height uh, this is an, uh, an edition size of 8,000. It was first produced in 2010. I just got mine a couple of weeks ago. I got number, what, 3796 here of 8,000. The nice thing about these statues, the thing I like about them is they're not super big. They're not super small. They're only, they vary in price. I guess the average price of these is in the 70 to $80 range. You can get them a little bit more, a little less, depending on where you buy them. I think I picked mine up on eBay. Uh, there's a lot of places that sell these. I think they've got about 10, maybe 10 or so out of them now. There's one of uh, Supergirl. There's Power Girl. There is uh, the Black Canary. There's uh, there's a new Batgirl one that just came out, uh, Poison Ivy. They're, again, they're all in about the $70 range, all about the same size, and all very nicely done. I, I, I'm going to probably pick up the Batgirl one next. I thought that was a pretty good one. Uh, you can find them. Just do searches online. You can find these pretty easily uh, in lots of different places uh, where you buy collectibles online. eBay, Amazon even has them. Uh, they're they're all over the place. I mean, they are a limited edition, but they're not super limited, so it's it's pretty easy to still get a snag most of them. I think there was an early one of Wonder Woman that's maybe hard to get. I think that might have been the first one in the line that's a little more expensive if you're interested in in these but uh i i really in the last few years really got into collecting statues i i, I like uh, you know these characters you know i've got some trek stuff some star wars of course and, and a lot of comic book characters since i enjoy comics a lot and uh, these pieces are again very well done i think the price is just really good for what you're getting here uh you can get a collectible just a bust which is about a you know from about the waist up and spend 60 bucks sometimes on those. So for 70-ish, 75-ish, you can get a full statue. Uh, Harley in this one has holding a large mallet, kind of it's, it's, it's on end on the ground and she's sort of leaning on the handle of it. Again, I, I'm really impressed by this. The paint job is great, and I think they did a, a, a real good job at her, on her face and her expression and, and all that. And it, these costumed figures, too, are a lot of times... Uh, as long as you get that right, you, you're halfway there. So, uh, and but it's uh, again, it, it's easy to mess up, especially I think sometimes in the face. And the scale is not huge, so sometimes when you make something a little bit smaller, it, it's even a little bit more difficult. Another thing that I just saw this past week that's online that's a, it's pretty expensive. A couple things actually. Uh, QMX, I think it's also uh, is doing a uh, a large scale studio scale Viper from the new Battlestar Galactica series, which is fantastic. It's a little expensive. It's like $1,500, but it has some cool electronics and, and that. So that's something else out there. There also is a new uh, alien figure from the first alien film. Uh, full figure, it's in one quarter scale. So the thing is about two feet in height. 
that's being done by Sideshow, and it's it's really fantastic. I'm not, I mean, I, I like in Aliens, and I like the movies. I don't like enough to spend probably eight, seven, eight hundred dollars on this to get that but for the fans of that uh series and for the big collectors out there i know they're going to love this piece so i'm going to try to slip in when i can a collectible reviews from time to time as i'm back here in michigan and have a little bit more ability to do that and so hopefully we'll we'll get another one here in, a, in another uh week or two uh and frankly frankly bah, we're at the end of the show again and uh, I think this has been a good one. I'm I, I trying to keep it a little tighter and quicker. Uh, that We're going to end up at about an hour, probably, well, not quite an hour and a half. Because we also have one more thing that I'm going to play as the show goes out. Uh, we've got a new uh, song uh, that uh, was inspired by Tron that our friend Rick Moyer did. And I'm going to just tag that on the end of the podcast here this week. Oh, I, I know there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, for those that are hopefully still with the show, I had another contest that I wanted to announce this week. So here we go. I was going to do this earlier before even Enterprise and, and the episode that I covered, but it slipped my mind. So we will do it now. What it is, this is pretty simple. There was, I think it's called uh, Superhumans. There was a, a Stan Lee uh, series, Superheroes or Superhumans. I'd have to look it up. But anyway, there was a, a sort of a comic book come to life about people that was done on TV by Stan Lee. Uh, let, let me just pause the recording. I'm going to look exactly what this is. I, I hate to say it like that. So just a second. Okay, here we go. It is called uh, Superhumans. And it's by A&E Home Video. Again, provided the prize is provided by them. Sam, Stan Lee's Superhumans, the legendary creator of these amazing superheroes, brings us a real-life search for humans with extraordinary powers. And this is a DVD set, uh, not Blu-ray, I think this time, just DVD. And the winner of uh, this contest, which is going to go for the next week, will win this DVD set from A&E. So thanks to them. Thanks to Jamie, who's been providing a lot of these uh, DVDs and Blu-rays over the past few weeks that I've given away. Uh, to win this contest, all you've got to do is send me an email, treksf at gmail.com. And what I want you to do on these emails, put contest uh, superhumans, contest superhumans in the subject line. And then also write in the body of the email. You don't have to make this extensive, but tell me if you could get any like comic book type superhero power, what it would be, and, and maybe a little bit of why. You don't have to go into a lot, just maybe a couple of sentences, two or three sentences. You know, hey, I'd like to fly like Superman so I could get to my job faster. Although if you could fly like Superman, maybe you wouldn't really need to work a regular job. You could figure out, uh, you know, some way to... Uh, to cash in on that and speaking of that how come there aren't comic books out there very often or that i've really ever run across very much where you just get a superhero that basically or a super powered person that maybe they maybe they fight crime some of the time but maybe they use their powers to to basically make a bunch of money <laughs> I, for the comic book fans out there has there ever been like a series that that sort of follows someone that just does that like you know i don't mean just dabbles in it now and then but just does it all the time it just seems like, uh, you know, somebody who's super fast might just start to become some kind of, you know, sports person or, you know, there's a lot of superpowers that would work good in sports and you can become, you know, a, a superstar on, you know, a lot of different kinds of uh, activities or things that could make you some money. But anyway, so there's the contest. That's all you got to do. And next week I will pick one of those uh, randomly to win this uh, Superhumans DVD set. So get those emails in. You've got a week to do it. Uh, next week on the show, I think next week is the one I'm going to be covering um, sort of, uh, you know, 
what what were we calling it? So bad it's good uh, TV or hang on again, I'm blanking out. What, what I knew I had a name for it. Ah, uh, yeah, che- cheesy sci-fi. That's on next week's Treks in Sci-Fi. We're going to be covering cheesy sci-fi on the 17th. On the 24th is going to be the Voyager episode Collective, and on May 1st I'm going to do a video cast on uh, sort of the summer 2011 movies. And they've been previewing a lot more. They're getting a lot more Thor commercial spots out there. Uh, he's going to be, probably be the big first summer movie at the first weekend of May. So that will be coming up in, in May for the Treks and Sci-Fi show. We're going to look at the summer movies coming. But anyway, next week will be cheesy sci-fi shows like Buck Rogers, the original, or the not the original, Although we could look at that, but mostly a lot of series from the 70s and 80s uh, talk about some of the fun shows from that era. And, you know, when you see them nowadays, they're, they're maybe not quite uh, <laughs> quite how we remember them, but that should be a fun show. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, reviews up on iTunes, always great. Uh, PayPal donations, still welcome. All that information can be uh, accessed and found over at treksandsci-fi.com. Join the forums. We'd love to have you. Comments are always welcome each week. Uh, those are great. And again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the show. I will talk to you again next time. And here's Rick Moyer's new song. And I know all of you are going to listen to this inspired by the, uh, I think, by the new movie release of Tron Legacy, which I picked up my four, four disc uh, Blu-ray set uh, this past week. And uh, so uh, here we go. Thanks, Rick. And thanks, everyone else. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
This has been a Wego Dusty podcast production.